Thanks so much for joining us today on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanza DiTacchio. And this is Giuliano Clary. And it is Monday, April the 19th. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. A ton to talk about. Some breaking news that uh, we're going to just jump in and discuss right away before we even talk about City A. Uh, match day 31 and then the upcoming game. So the breaking news is... The scumbag Andrea Agnelli uh, has led this charge. Uh, Mr. Money Hungry over there is set out to destroy European football along with Internacy Milan. And what I'm talking about, everybody, is this announcement for this new Super League uh, based on the founding clubs of Juve, AC Milan, Inter Milan as the three Italian clubs, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid from La Liga, and then you got six of the Premier League clubs, so it's Tottenham, Arsenal, Man United, Man City, Chelsea, and Liverpool. That's correct. So those are the teams so far, so... Bayern Munich and PSG have refused to join. Yeah, which is great. And Dortmund. Yeah, which is great. Uh, So for those of you that uh, haven't turned on the TV at all and missed this announcement, this is basically a ploy uh, to create this Super League midweek. So these teams, it'd be a 20-team Super League. That would be played in the midweek. Two groups of 10 teams playing home-and-home games. And then having placement for quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, and what have you. This is going to directly rival the UEFA Champions League. And so UEFA clearly doesn't support it. And the one thing that we need to understand too, people, is the fans and Tifosi Football Radio does not support this Super League. This Super League will single-handedly destroy what's left of European soccer. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think it's a total sham. I'm really disappointed with my uh, my team, Inter Milan. You know, I'm willing to drop cheering for this team if they if they go through yeah. with this ploy. I'm very disappointed. Uh, and Yali, we've been on him since day one. This guy is a scumbag of the of the next kind. Yeah. He uh, was close friends with Chefferton, the UEFA president. So close that Chefton was supposed to uh, baptize his daughter. Yeah. Uh, something along those lines. And he goes and stabs yeah. him in the back and uh, turns and, and resigns from the ECA. ECA. Yeah. And starts his coup with Florentino Perez and the six Premier League clubs. And, yeah, they're trying to uh, revolutionize the game, which is complete BS. The game, the game doesn't need to be revolutionized. The game no. right now is a stands – it is very good. I, I understand the pressure on these teams because of COVID. Their bank accounts are being hit, and that's all this is. Uh, this is a ploy for these teams to make up all the losses that they've incurred over the past year, like AC Milan and Inter. They were hit at the books very hard with with uh, financial fair play, and now COVID happened, and these guys are being suckered into this because of yeah. the, the just under $4 billion payout that they'll get just for joining this from J.P. Morgan. It's all being funded by J.P. Morgan as well. Uh, and as well, this was a ploy out of pure jealousy from La Liga, from Serie A, to break up the Premier League. Uh, the top six, no longer English owners, minus the Spurs, yep. have uh, 
no roots in England anymore. They yep. don't care about England. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about, you know, the way these teams are founded. And uh, they're just looking to line their pockets a little bit more. So they have no loyalty to the English game, just like the Italian ownership here, you know, with Inter's ownership uh, from China. AC Milan's AC ownership. American, and you can call Agnelli Italian. The guy's, he's not Italian, that guy. That's no. guy. That guy is, is royalty in Italy. So... Yeah, it's just a ploy for these guys to line their pockets. They can dress up this Super League yeah. as much as they want with it's going to help grassroots, it's going to help women's soccer, it's going to help the... It's not going to help anything. The It's it's all BS. It's all complete BS. It yeah. is just pure TV rights, pure getting the biggest matches in that they can, which, first of all, is going to be the stupidest thing ever because who wants to watch the big teams play week in, week out? It'll get boring after the first month. Because a lot of the big teams, too, when they play each other, you fall asleep half the time. Have you watched the top six Premier League game recently? Yeah. Chelsea, uh, Man City, the least. The yeah, last it was a snooze one. fest. Oh my God, boring. So let them have that garbage. But I, I, deep down, I think it's just a ploy for them to uh, get something out of UEFA. I don't think they're going to follow through with it. I just think it's a, a big power move, and uh, that's what they're trying to do here. Well, I hope this backfires big time on them because UEFA's already come out and said. There'll be severe sanctions if they go through with this. And the sanctions would be that uh, any player participating in the Super League would be banned from playing in any UEFA or FIFA competition because it's not FIFA or UEFA sanctioned. So that means you can kiss international football goodbye. You can kiss the World Cup goodbye. You can kiss the Euro Cup goodbye. You can kiss the Copa America goodbye. Uh, for guys like Lionel Messi, so that that that's some pretty heavy sanctions. Um, they wouldn't be allowed. Uh, if I was City, I wouldn't allow these three clubs to compete. Not a chance. No, Say, I wouldn't allow out. them. Yeah, get out. We don't need you. Listen, City, I would survive without these clubs. They would. they would. They City, would. City doesn't need these three clubs. Yeah, and so would Italy. Italy will survive. Italy without. will survive. England will survive without those big six. Yeah. The fanship, the tifosi. It is so deep and ingrained over a hundred years yeah. of of footballing culture in in uh in these countries. Yeah. These teams they're gonna be nothing. They're they'll be forgotten about. Yeah. The only people that will care are the the people uh on the other side of the world that yeah. have no link to these cities. That's that the watch thing. it just for because they played this team on a video game when they were kids and stuff like that. They don't understand the culture behind these yeah. Clubs. So it's the plastic fans. True. They're the only ones that will follow this. It's true. It's true. And uh, it's just, it's so strange. It's such a monopoly. I mean, if you look at the structure of how they do it, so it's going to be founded. The League of 20 teams is going to be based on 15 founding clubs that cannot be relegated from the Super League. Like, that's garbage. Like well, that. Only the five coming in can be promoted yeah. and relegated. Which is, how does that make sense? So they're trying to bring the North American aspect into the game. And th- no offense to the North American aspect. It may work in hockey. It may work in football, like American football, baseball, and what have you. It would does not work in soccer. And I think that's been our biggest thing. I mean, we've always said the Major League Soccer, no promotion and relegation, kind of ruins it a little bit. Uh, we've talked about this at Liga MX. Like that, these are the things that these leagues are missing: is promotion and relegation. Um, where this has been 
for a century, promotion rele- over a century, promotion relegation, you know, moving up from Division Four, Division Three, Division Two, II, Division One. Like, what's like? That's that's a huge part of soccer. That's how you develop players. That's how you touch grassroots. Not Super League. Super League is just a money grab. It's a scam, and it, nobody's gonna support it. And I think the backlash that these 12 clubs so far are finding from their fans is quite a surprise to them. But, you know, the big thing for me is I've never liked Andrea Agnelli. I'm not surprised he's done something like this. He left the ECA. I really hope this backfires and he's got no pull whatsoever. I, I hope the players and the coach, they approach him. Just like the Man U, uh, Coach Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the players they po- approached at Woodward today, yeah. told them they weren't happy. Yeah. Uh, Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool did the same thing. I hope... Yeah. The Italian players at Juve have the balls to step up and speak up Agnelli yes. and say this is the wrong move. Yeah. Uh, but they probably won't. And I have a feeling Agnelli's grandfather, too, would be rolling in his grave yeah. if he saw what his uh, grandson was doing here. Yeah. Yeah, it's just disgusting. I, I, don't, I don't like Andrea Agnelli at all. No. I think the guy's the worst thing to ever happen to uh, Italian soccer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it stinks. This whole Super League stinks. Yeah. It just stinks. I'd even argue, you know, we said it's an American model. Is the American model even good for those sports? Hockey, I know that's a whole other debate. Hockey, baseball, is it good? Three quarters of the season is meaningless. To me, what's the point? Yeah. Three meaning, you know, your games, they're useless. They're just there to fill up space in the calendar to make money. That's all it's for. That's why you play 82 games in in a season for hockey. That's it. For TV, you got to play 82 games. You got to play 100 and plus games for baseball. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's what they want to do. And that's what they're going to do for the Super League. They're going to get as many game slots as possible, midweek games, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is. And then these teams are going to play their midweek, play their B teams in the respective leagues if they get to keep their spots. Yeah. Which they shouldn't. Which they shouldn't. And uh, it's just going to be, what is it? What's the point? Yeah. What's the point? I don't know. What is the point? It's kind of like the MLS playoffs. That's the one thing I have against the MLS. Yeah. You do this big league, you finish first, so what? It means nothing. No, you just get the supporter shield. What do you do? You get a supporter shield, and then you go to the playoffs. It's all about the playoffs, right? Yeah. It's just a different mentality in Europe uh, to the North American model. Yeah. And uh, for me, yeah, North American model does not work for football, but when you have a bunch of ownership that's outside of Europe – that's what you're going to get. That's the problem. That's what you're going to get. And I you think vi- there will be huge backlash. Oh, there will huge. be. I feel like teams like Man U, their fans won't show up to the stadiums. Liverpool, nope. the Premier League teams are going to be the ones that stand up the most. Uh, the fans, sorry, are going to stand up the most of the clubs. The ones in Italy, I have no faith. I think the fans in Italy, I don't know. Uh, I don't well, know. the one thing that, so the City, the 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 Lega Serie had a massive meeting today amid this announcement, and Juve, Inter, and Milan basically said, "Yeah, we're going to the Super League, but we still want to play in Serie." I would not, in a million years, let these guys play in my league, because you know what? You want to go ahead. You want to ruin domestic football. Go ahead. Go play in your Super League. You're not playing in City A. No Coppa Italia for you. No City A. No City A B. No City A C. No, not even City A D for you. 
You are not an FIGC sanctioned club no more. And basta. That's it. You they know, better, they better throw the books at them. They better. Yeah. Oh, well, Inter well, included. Like I said, I don't care if Inter are gone. I really don't care. Yeah. Football exists. It goes on. Yeah. So, yeah. So some crazy, crazy, crazy announcement yesterday. Quite a surprise. But the backlash from players like Mazzarozzo, Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand speaking up. People should watch, you know, some of the clips. They said Luis Vigo spoke out against it. Yeah. Giuseppe Rossi. Spoke out against the Boniak to the former Polish international uh, yeah. played in City. I spoke out against it. Del Piero is against it. Everyone is against it except the owners, of course. The guys that hide behind the desks, the guys yeah. that aren't the face of their clubs. They're just they're behind the scenes pulling the strings. They're yeah. the ones that are, f- are for it. No one else is for it. Yeah. Nobody. 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 And we'll leave it at that. So, for all our fans listening, take that as you will digest it and reach out to us let us know what you're feeling just leave some comments send us an email let us know what you think of the super league and what it means for european football anyways what do you think about moving on here and recapping the city ah weekend on match day 31 um, so we had some great matches here. Not a great one for Roma, to be honest with you, but uh, we had some great matches here. We had a screamer of a match, which we'll talk about a little later. And the screamer of the match I'm talking about is Cagliari Parma. <laughs> but uh, let's start all the way at the top. Let's start with uh, Udinese Crotone. So Udinese coming out two to one victors here. Uh, Rodrigo De Paul two goals. Simi's getting a penalty. Um, and Udinese at the end of the day picking up the three points. What did you uh, What did you think here? Yeah, it was a great game. Exciting. DePaul again showing his class. This guy two goals on a red card. This guy's ready to go to a big team, not in the Super League, hopefully. So another big team. Let's say Atalanta, probably the biggest team in Syria. Yeah, left uh, with integrity. But uh, DePaul playing outstanding, like you said. Crotone winning another penalty. I haven't checked their penalty record, but. It's insane the amount of penalties this team has won. That was Simi's seventh consecutive match goal uh, from the from the penalty spot uh, off the handball. And uh, Simi hit the post shortly after, and then DePaul made a brace. So 2-1, DePaul then gets sent off. Exciting game, back and forth, lots of chances. Uh, but Crotone, not enough again in the tank to do something. What did you think, Christian? Yeah, uh, it's... Speaking of Crotone, so just looking on the chart here, they're actually in the top 25, I think, in Europe for the most penalties awarded. Crotone have now been awarded eight penalties and converted have converted all eight. They're the third most um, in Italy. Uh, so for Crotone, yeah, they just they just can't get the job done. That's that that's what it comes down to. They can't get results. They're scoring, they're staying in games, but they can't get the results. Um, Udinese, rightly so. Rodrigo De Paul deserved it. Uh, he carried this team, and Udinese just cementing their status for City. This was a team that was hovering around the relegation zone for the first half of the season that I thought was going to go down. Now they've climbed all the way up to 12th, uh, very safe, 11 points away from safety, um, 11 points on top of safety. That's sorry, that's what I meant, and uh, you know, just marching along. 
keep it going. Who knows what's going to come with this Udinese team for next year. But uh, that being said, let's move on to the next game. Sampdoria. I don't think we expected this, Giuliano. So Sampdoria smashing Hellas Verona 3-1. to one. I got to say, my man, Emilio Dero, outstanding game uh, in between the sticks for Sampdoria. On the other side, Marco Silvestri. Just a, just a terrible, terrible showing. The Sampdoria team, surprised that they scored three goals, given that everybody up top did nothing. Damsgaard, Vere, Lagumina, they did absolutely nothing for them. It was after uh, Ranieri made some changes that we saw much better from the top. So Kita Balde played fantastic. Manolo Gabbiadini played fantastic once he came on, scored a goal. And then just on the other side, this Hellas Verona team... It feels like they've just checked out at this point. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Uh, Lazovic, although Adero played good, scored a terrific free kick. Um, and then, yeah, that big Janko goal. Volley, yeah. wow. Jakub. Bullet, top shelf. And then after that, like you said, Ranieri made those three subs. He won the game with three subs. Kandreva, Kieta Ball, they were outstanding once they came on. Kandreva. Winning the penalty with this beautiful through ball to Balde. Balde getting uh, taken down. And then uh, Gabby Dini scoring the penalty off of that. And then uh, Thorsby wins a towering header over Sevesti. 50-50 yeah. ball just completely on muscles and wanted the ball more. And that was it. So that's the subs. Ranieri won that game with those terrific subs. Hands down. That's that's a coach's win right there. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Hands down. Nice to see that from him. Yeah. But, so... yeah, Hellas Verona, on the other hand... Yeah, they've checked. What out. are they playing for? Nothing. Maybe Champions League. Well, if uh, if 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 Milan, Inter, and Juve are not allowed to go into the Champions League next year, the with the way the standings are showing right now, it looks like it would be Atalanta, Napoli, Lazio, Roma into the Champions League, and then you would have Sassuolo, Hellas Verona, and Sampdoria into the Europa League, which is crazy. Yeah, that but, would be. It would be a good thing for them. Anyways, let's move on to the next game. Sassuolo, 3-1 to thrashing of Fiorentina. I'm not surprised by this. They're literally just limping on. I mean, Fiorentina giving up two penalties in three minutes. Uh, does that? That's just terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah, they, they started the game good. Just very poor in front of net again. Poor finishing. A lot of uh, stupid fouls. Loss, losses of possession. Just very untidy, you know, this Fiorentina team. They they were controlling the entire game. They even scored first, Bonaventura scoring a screamer. Yeah. Uh, top corner from right to left. And then uh, Berardi was brought on, and that was it. It was a Sassuolo show after that. Yeah, scored his 100th and 100th and one goal. So, yeah, Ras Berardi winning the second penalty with uh, drawing in a foul. After that, it was a beautiful Maxim Lopez strike from outside the 18 from the right side of the net. Scores just a bullet to the bottom uh, left corner. And after that, it was uh, game over. Fiorentina have no one to blame but themselves for this game yeah, because of the amount of chances they missed. Well, they're only sitting five points uh, five points on top of the relegation zone. So they can get dragged right back in easily with, uh, with seven games left. Uh, they've only won seven games on the season. It's a, it's a very pathetic record uh, for a team that had very high ambitions at the start of the season. And uh, who knows? Could we see them going down into Serie B? It's still possible. But uh, speaking of Serie B, let's talk about 
a huge battle, arguably one of the most exciting games of the weekend. I'm talking about Cagliari Parma. Parma again, blowing the lead in injury time. In injury time. They were up 3-2 to two in the 90th minute. In the 91st minute, Cagliari ties it. And then in the 94th minute, Cagliari wins it. What do you think? What do you think? Did, did Cagliari deserve to win this game based on how they played? I mean, they did. You you win. <clears throat> you convert your chances. You take them. You deserve to win. They they yeah. did everything they had to do. Parma, there's no hope. It's over. The players were down crying. Kurtic had a chance to close the game out. He missed yeah. from four yards out. I mean, they had every chance. They opened the scoring with a goal from Pazzella, Giuseppe Pazzella, outside the 18, beautiful volley goal. Kutska makes it 2-0 after Cornelius header layoff. And then they concede with the Pavoletti yes. header. And then they make it 3-1. Cornelius to Mann, same exact play. Header to Mann, 3-1. That's when Kurtic misses it. Or the story, Marin scored to make it 3-2. Then Kurtic misses it to make it 4-2. And then after that, Perito gets subbed on. Gaston Perito, the Uruguayan, and he just influences the game and influences the two goals that they yeah. scored in injury time. Yeah. I mean, Cagliari, they didn't play great. But Parma's not doing themselves any uh, any favors with the defending. The defending no. is just horrendous. I've it never is. seen defending like this. This is a team that belongs in Serie B now. They, there's no there's no coming back from this. That was it. That was their season, and they blew it. Yeah, they knew it with the reaction after. Like I said, you saw the players crying and heads down, and it's not good there right now. No, it's not good. Parma going down in Serie B, joining Crotone. End of discussion there. Cagliari still in a relegation spot. Still though. in a relegation spot, but hanging on by a thread. That it, it's not over yet. They, there's still some light at the end of the tunnel. They can get out of this. Yeah, they can. And this, this is the problem. Like if you look at the way Parma lines up, it's like they play with one defender. Yeah. The way they play the game, it's like they play with one defender. It's it's amazing. You, this team is so bad. Yet they don't want to play defense. They just throw everybody up. Everyone's almost a striker. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's the problem. That is yeah. the problem. There's no there's no structure to this team. And no. The Vers has done a very poor job. I'm very disappointed with his management. Yeah. Uh, since he's taken over. Yeah. It's uh, what are you gonna do? They're going into Serie B. That that's really all we can say about that. Um, let's move on to the next game. Uh, Milan. Two to one victors over Genoa. What did he have to say about that? I mean, Milan, Kyrie saying themselves. Milan concede shitty goals. I mean, uh, yeah, Milan a bit lucky. They rolled their luck, but you need your luck. Yeah, at the same I mean, time. Uh, Skamaka own goal was the game winner there for that them. That was right? the game winner. Like, and then Donnarumma towards the end of the game dropped the ball off a cross, and then there was two goal line clearances. One from Kyrie, I think the other from yeah. Tamori. Yeah, uh, from the Genoa players. I mean. What, what more do you want in terms yeah. of luck? Yeah. But they, they took their luck. They took their chances, and uh, they won the game. That's what teams at the top do. And uh, that's it. Destro scoring again against Milan. That was a big goal for him, so good for him. Maybe catch the eyes of Mancini a little bit. I don't know. But Gen- Genoa, again, it's a team. They've I done enough. They've done enough. They think they've done it. They're going to get dragged right back into relegation. Oh, seven points on top of Cagliari. Uh, yeah. So... It can very well, you know, they can very well fall right back into the relegation battle after these midweek fixtures that we're going to cover. 
So not looking good for them, but uh, good win for Milan doing what they had to do. They're just limping across the finish line, it feels yeah. like AC Milan at this point. They are. They're just staying champions. Like, that's their goal. I mean, yeah. the chances, they miss a lot of chances to this game. They're just, they're not looking as sharp as they did at the beginning of the season. No. I, there's a There was a table I saw from uh, from winter on, so the mid from the midseason on. AC would right now be sixth in the league if you just took those points. And so it shows you the the fall off they've had. Oh, yeah. Big time. Wouldn't want to know where Roma falls. That's for sure. <laughs> anyways, let's move on. Uh, Atalanta giving Juve a smacking. Good. one nothing. Super People, League. Yeah. Super League. Atalanta don't belong, apparently. Yeah, but Atalanta Juve don't belong. Them. Yeah, exactly. This... this Atlanta totally outplayed them. Palomino, Toloi, Jamisti, fantastic back there. Darun and Freuler played fantastic as well. And then the big thing was, you know, Malinowski coming on and getting the goal. He was fantastic when he came on. Yeah, Same lu- with Josip Ilicic. Yeah, lucky goal. I mean, this was a game without Ronaldo. So the whole debate is, does Ronaldo make Juve worse? So here we got to see a Juve without Ronaldo. Now, you can argue Juve were missing a bit of quality up front to convert some of the chances. You saw Morata, he wasted a chance by yeah. trying to tip, tiptoe and dance and chip the ball into the back of the night. Just poor decision-making. And then uh, Dybala got a chance. And Dybala, again, had another poor game yeah, doing nothing. This guy thinks he's a superstar. This guy is no superstar. He's had one good season That's in it. City. Yeah? And this guy, his heads are in the clouds thinking, yeah. I played with Messi, I played with Ronaldo, I'm a superstar. This guy has proven nothing in his career. Exactly. He's been a complete flop. So another flop performance by him. And uh, yeah, just Atalanta, the crazy thing is it looked like they have more depth than Juve, which is crazy. It looks like they can bring guys off the bench and they do a better job. Juve bring guys on from the bench and they do nothing. They do nothing. nothing. It's unbelievable. And Atalanta has probably like a tenth of the wage bill Juve yeah. has. So it's it's amazing what the Atalanta club is doing and completely deserved, even though it was a deflected goal. Chesney did have to make some big saves. He made, for instance, one big save on Malinowski. Yep. That was going top corner that he stopped. Uh, and Juve, yeah, they really didn't create too much, but they probably could have done with that quality of Ronaldo. Yeah, up top. for sure. If they had Ronaldo, I think they would have at least scored a goal. So... Uh, I think that that was the difference. Juve missing their their talisman, Ronaldo FC, and uh, they can't cope without him. And Pirlo, you know that's it. Agnelli's not going to hang on to this guy. No, he's going to uh, ax him. Yeah, Agnelli doesn't want to be finishing last in his Super League. So No, that's for sure. But Juve getting what they deserve, another loss. Uh, could be on the outside looking in after a couple yeah, more weeks. Talk, talk about Super League and then they're out of a Champions League spot. How funny would that be? Yeah, eh? That'd be something. That'd be something. Let's move on to the next game. Lazio making this game... Probably the most wild game of the weekend. Yeah, it was. I think they made it a little more difficult for themselves than they yes. had to. Uh, winning against Benevento 5-3. to three. And Chido Immobile banging in two goals there. Yeah, he had a weird game. He... Started off by hitting the post. He scores a goal that was first flaked for offside, and then VAR overruled it. And then uh, VAR said it was, they counted it, it was counted as an own goal. And then he finally scored his first goal. And then uh, he wins a penalty that's scored by, I believe, uh, Correa. Yeah. 
and then he gets his brace. So he it seemed like he was involved in every goal scoring chance. Yeah. So a nice a nice game for him to change things around because he has been poor in front of net recently. Yeah. Uh, but Benevento, they kept they coming kept, back. Yeah, they kept coming back, which is very uncharacteristic for a Lazio side in, in regards to defense. Benevento winning uh, penalties, playing great when Viola was brought on. Yeah. Their, uh, their star player in the center mid, he played fantastic. Crazy scenario, too, where Glick scored from a Viola corner. It was disallowed. And minutes later, the exact same combination scores uh, a goal. Yeah. To make it, I think, 5 3. Uh, before, sorry, 4 3 before Chiro killed the game with a finish from a low cross. Yeah. Uh, but crazy, crazy game. Crazy game. Made Bene- no sense. Just no. chaotic. It was chaos. And Benevento are in some trouble because they're only sitting five points on ahead of Cagliari right now. There's a three way tie for. 17th place, and that's between Fiorentina, Benevento, and Torino, all with 30 points. That's that's tight now. So, and if, so if you're Benevento, you got to get some points here, and they clearly didn't. And it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a rough next seven games for them because they could realistically be going down into City B again. Yeah, they they just have not had the legs in the final stretch of the season. It seems like they, for whatever reason, are tired, not playing with the same intensity. The concentration's not there. Montipo, for instance, on the own goal, looked very poor. And then he goes yeah. and stops a Chiro penalty, which I forgot to leave out. So Chiro also missed a penalty in this game. Um, but yeah, just poor performances in this side. Again, the strikers leave a lot to be desired. Gaic not doing not enough. Yeah. Lapadula throughout the season not doing enough. So the strikers for Benevento just have not been good. No, they haven't. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Bologna, a 4-1 blowout on Spezia Calcio. I don't think any of, the, of us saw this coming. Uh, Bologna just went to work. And uh, they are... I, I'm surprised they put four past Spezia, to be honest with you. Um, Orsolini getting the penalty, then Musabato scoring... And then Ismaili, you know, getting one back for Spezia, going 2-1 to one for Bologna. And then Svanberg just went to town, scoring two goals in six minutes here. Both uh, from corners. Too. Yeah, fantastic. I think the, the midfield here for Bologna played fantastic. That Jerdy's shooting and, and Svanberg, they were, they were fantastic back there. What did you think of this game? Yeah, they were. Musa Beto, too, out- yeah, he was outstanding. outstanding. He ran that entire left side. Atalanta owned everybody. <laughs> yeah, Atalanta owned. He, They were fantastic. I mean, Spezia, I think this was just an off day for them defensively. Bastoni making a huge uncharacteristic mistake with that handball to open up the goal scoring for Bologna. Uh, and then Soriano does a beautiful long ball to Shelton, Shelton to Baro for a tap and to make it 2-0 and then after that it was kind of game over um, but yeah some great individual performance a lot still I think to be desired in regards to their team play Bologna it seems like they have great individuals it's just a matter of uh, Mihailovic tying these guys together to play as a team and yeah, get some consistency but they have they have some great pieces great pieces in this team no, definitely. Spezia they just yeah. they're a promoted team they're punching above their weight they just gotta hang on for the next seven matches and hope. Seven points out of relegation for Spezia. And hope that they can attain that. Yeah. Because it's getting tight at the bottom. Yeah. Just hang on, hang on. 
Uh, so now let's move on to the next game. Torino. 3-1 to one victors over Roma. Tell me what you think about oh, this result. This was... Uh, you guys made Balotti and Zaza look like uh, superstars. You know, uh, aside from the Mayoral goal three minutes in, this Roma team looked totally lost. This was uh, this was this was a long time coming. They had no chance. Uh, Torino firing twenty two <laughs> shots total, uh, eleven on goal, eleven off target. Antonio Mirante was a busy man, and uh, they just the defense looked horrible. Federico Fazio couldn't keep up. Brian Cristante played like garbage. Rodri Bañez was probably the best of the three, but. Even then, he wasn't that fantastic. Reynolds played terrible. Gonzalo Villar. Ryan Reynolds. Terrible. What Jordan Bertu, terrible. Bruno Perez, terrible. Uh, you know, Boyer Mayoral was really the only guy that 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 seemed to shine for this Roma team. Uh, Diawara coming on and getting two yellows. Uh, just a lack of discipline. This Roma team, I mean, I understand they're coming off a huge, huge, huge victory uh, getting into the semifinals for the Europa League. And when you look at who they field here, <laughs> I mean, with the, with the injuries and all the players missing, it's just the, this team is this team is a this lineup is mid table, lower mid table at most, and and Torino. Torino came out and they knew what they had to do. They had an opportunity here and they took it. And Torino did nothing in the first 10 minutes. And then as soon as Borja Mayoral scores three minutes in, the switch went off on Torino and they just kept pounding and pounding and pounding. And for those of you that watch this game, it wasn't a matter of can Roma hang on. It was just a matter of when what Torino was going to capitalize and score their three goals. Because they arguably, they totally dominated Roma. Like who was this Roma team? They were... Nothing in this game. Yeah, I think the biggest culprit was uh, the entire Roma left side was just yeah. outclassed. Yeah, Perez, big time. Bruno Perez big not time. holding his own. Mertu, big time. Pedro, very poor defensively, and then and Saldi. Yeah. On the other wing, just ripping apart. Yeah, the only way into Europe now is through the Europa League, and the work's cut out for them. I mean, we're we're up against Manchester United in the semifinals. And then if we're lucky, we're going to play either Villa and make the final. We're either going to play Villarreal or Arsenal for that spot. So that's a tough path. But it looks like they're throwing all their eggs in that basket because to catch up to Lazio, to catch up to Napoli, to catch up to Atlanta, it's over. It's over for Roma. Yeah, through, through Europa League, it's only three games. Destiny is in their hands if they yeah. win these games. So. Yeah, they're more likely yeah. to make Champions League that way as opposed to exactly relying on these teams dropping points and winning yeah. these games. So Roma is sitting seventh place after this, another loss. Uh, you know, terrible. And then we got Atalanta in the midweek, which is it's getting easier for us. But uh, Torino, very well-deserved, very big win for them. They still got that makeup game. We don't know how it's going to get played out uh, with Lazio. So they have a game in hand. They can really shore themselves up if they can get a little, a few more results. But they're they're showing how desperate they can play. And this Torino team, to me, deserves to stay out if they keep playing like this. Yeah, they look good. Yeah. So let's move on to the final game, Napoli and Inter. Uh, 1-1, Samir Handanovic, uh, own goal. That was just rough. Yeah, I mean, this game kind of went the way I thought it would. 
Yeah. Inter uh, clogging up the middle, counterattacking. Napoli's forwards not tracking back. I know Insigne made one track back. Yeah. But that's kind of how it went. And Koulibaly, Manolas, that's where my expectations were, uh, I guess, not met. They they played better than I thought they would. Yeah. I thought the Inter forwards would outplay them. But Manolas and Koulibaly had a great game, shutting down Lukaku and Martinez. Uh, it was this was Inter Inter's draw. They allowed Napoli into the game. Napoli really didn't create much. Inter didn't finish their chances. Hit the bar, shot over the net. I know Politano yeah. ended up in the bar towards the end, but this was a matter of Inter's poor decision making in the final third, uh, which they're allowed. This is their first draw sure. points after twelve games. Sure, not the end of the world. It's a draw. They just got to win. I think they just got to get eleven points or something like that. Yeah which is not out of this world for them. And uh, it's a good point on the road. That's the way I look at it. And uh, I think this is more of a maybe a uh, flop for Napoli because this yeah. was a, a chance for them to jump up in the table. Catch some ground. Catch some ground, but they didn't do it. So whatever, it's no. kind of a good point for both, but not really. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Not much to say. It, was, it wasn't uh, an exciting game. Erickson scored a, a beautiful goal. Probably the best player on the day. But not much really happened in this game. No, definitely not. Just another Inter performance of uh, yeah, doing enough. Inter just scrape into the they're title. They're sucking the well. You know, Lukaku hit the post a couple of times. Yeah, he uh, hit the post. He roofed it over the net. Yeah, yeah. So. The chance, like I said, the chances, the chances were, there. were there. Inter just poor decision making in the yeah, final definitely, third. definitely. So uh, that's my after match day thirty one. Here are the standings, everybody. So Inter Milan are first place. 75 points. Milan, nine points behind Inter with 66 points. Then you got Atalanta in third with 64 points. Juve barely hanging on in fourth place with 62 points. Napoli breathing down their neck. Uh, fifth place with 60 points. Lazio. Not far off either. Lazio. Yeah. Lazio, four points behind Juve in sixth place with 58 points. And then you got Roma in seventh place. Europe's done, unless it's through the Europa League, with 54 points. Now, let's read the bottom for you. So, Crotone, we know, are gone. Uh, 15 points in 20th place. Parma are gone now. Uh, 19th place with 20 points. Cagliari have some sort of life. 18th place in that final relegation spot with 25 points. Then you got Torino in 17th place with 30 points, but have a game in hand still to play against Lazio. Then Benevento in 16th, 30 points as well. And then Fiorentina, 15th, but with 30 points as well. And then if you want to throw the other two in, Genoa and Spezia, 13th and 14th with 32 points. So seven points out of, out of relegation. So... It's going to be a tight finish to the bottom. There are seven games left. There are some huge games to come. A lot of these teams got a tough schedule. So it's going to be interesting to see. And we're going to talk about that right now for you. So let's talk about match day 32. So match day 32 is in the midweek this week, which is why we're here on a Monday for you. Uh, so let's start with the first game. And the first game is Verona and Fiorentina which I think takes place tomorrow. Yes, yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, so Verona, Fiorentina. How do you see this game, Giuliano? 
it's going to be an odd game just because of how out of form Verona's been. They're in this no man's land right now on the table. Don't really have much to play for. Fiorentina, on the other hand, now are going to be playing for survival in the Serie A. Yeah. Very poor and wasteful, like we said. Not good at converting chances, Fiorentina. Yeah. They do struggle. Whether Verona's defense is going to be able to hold that down is is a big question. Uh, Verona, one of the few teams to have a positive goal differential. Fiorentina on a negative 13. So it kind of goes to show you where the teams line up. Yeah. Verona are always in the games they play for the most part. Yep. Fiorentina not so much. So uh, Fiorentina are going to have to rely on that counterattack. They're going to have to rely on some good finishing, which is rare for them. And I think for that reason, they're going to be let down. I think Verona are going to have the weapons to break down this uh, Fiorentina defense. I think they're going to get anxious. They're going to expose themselves. And I think Verona is going to pick a pass through Barak, Zakani. They're going to do a job and get a win. Yeah, this is, I think, a bounce back. This is an opportunity for Verona to bounce back. I think Fiorentina is going to be in the relegation battle hands down after this game and uh that's where they deserve to be especially bringing a guy like Pepe Akini back into the into the fold uh that the players didn't like so for both of us we're both telling you to take Verona to win this game let's move on to the next game Milan hosting Sassuolo this will be a tricky encounter for Milan what do you think yeah this will be tricky because we don't know what kind of Sassuolo shows up they're kind of they're they're a very strange team very strange. Jackal and Hyde team, for sure. Uh, so, I will lead towards a Milan win, just because Milan do have more character, more resolve around them to get th- these results. Uh, they just got to, again, pick up their finishing. I know Rebic has been pretty hot in front of net, scoring everything he touches, although he did have a big mess in, that, in the previous match. But, so Swallow do seem to be hitting form, but you got to look at who they beat. It was Benevento and Fiorentina. So. Yeah. I mean, not two of the greatest teams in Serie A right now. And then they lost to Inter, drew to Roma, lost to Torino. So they've shown when it comes to the big teams, they do struggle. Uh, and I think that struggle will continue. I think the attacking force of Milan gets a couple goals here. Yeah. Okay, I beg to differ. Uh, I just think Milan have been struggling. When you look at their last five games, I mean, barely beating Fiorentina 3-2, to two, tying Sampdoria, uh, beating... Parma three to one, and then barely beating Genoa two to one. Um, I think what we're going to see here is we're ultimately going to see a draw. I don't think these two can separate each other, so I'm going to say a draw in this game. So Giuliano's telling to take the Milan win. I'm telling to take the Sassuolo draw. Let's move on to the next game. How fortunate is it that Juventus get the host Parma? Uh, so Juve obviously looking to bounce back here, in desperate need to collect something here. Parma on the other hand gutted finished down in the dumps knowing they're going into City of B. Here's what I think about this game. Parma have nothing to lose anymore. They're just going to throw everything at Juve. And uh, how amazing would it be to claim a scalp off Juventus here and and cause some trouble for them? I think Parma are going to go down fighting. I don't think they're just going to fold up and, and walk away. So I think Parma's going to do something here, to be honest with you. I think Graziano Pelle is going to go off, and I think Parma's going to steal this game. So for me, I'm going to say Parma. What do you think about this game? Parma's only chances, and you saw, it's the that one play they do to Cornelius or to Graziano Pelle, 
it's the long ball to their head. They lay it off to their yep. striker running behind man. Usually it's Dennis Mann, the Romanian. That's their number one play. That's what they're strong at. They're very strong at set pieces, and they're strong at defending set pieces. Uh, they're very strong in the air, Parma. That's the only way they can get a point. I just, that's their only weapon, though. They really don't do anything else that's outstanding. And I think Juve just have way too many weapons. I think Juve is going to control the game. It's just a matter of time before someone finds an opening and, and scores. I think Juve just has way too much for Parma. I think Parma, yeah, a huge part is going to be what kind of a mentality they show up to in this game. But I think it's going to be a mentali mentality that's um, defeated already. So I'm going to pick Juve for this uh all right, so Jules is telling you to take Juve. I'm telling you to take Parma in this game. Now, let's move on to the next snooze fest, Spezia and Inter Milan. Uh, yeah, you might want to miss this game. It's going to be a boring one. Uh, how do you see this game, Jules? Should be an easy Inter win. Yeah. Should be. Uh, Inter have all the weapons there. It's just a matter of making those proper decisions. And Spezia, we know how they're going to be. They're not going to sit back. They're going to push guys forward. They're going to overcommit and Inter with the best counterattack in the league, is going to just rip them apart through Lukaku, Hakimi, Lataro. So easy enter win here. And uh, I think three points closer to lifting the Scudetto. I agree with you. I think Inter's going to win. So we're both trying to take Inter in this game. Not much to say about that. Next game, this is going to be a very interesting game because the winner is going to get close, cl closer to City uh, safety, and the other one's going to follow more and more into the relegation zone. Genoa hosting Benevento here. What a time to be playing each other. Um, Tell me what you think. Well, uh, this is where I think the man in the shades gets the job done. Does his job. Uh, I th just think Genoa are a more solid team than Benevento. Benevento are so unpredictable. They're so weird. Um, they concede way too many goals, way too many goals. Whereas Genoa looks a little more organized, especially if Mattia Destro is firing. Kevin Strutman holds hard in the midfield with Badelli. And, you, of course, you got that rock, Mattia Perin, in between the sticks. So, for me, I'm going to take Genoa in this game. Yeah, they're strange because their form is almost identical uh, the last six games. Well, it is identical the last six games. The di big difference between the two teams is the, the uh, goals against for Benevento, like you said. Really, the record is almost identical, just instead of uh, uh, Benevento have two more losses uh, than, than Genoa. So they're very similar teams, just Benevento not as good in the defensive phase. So I think both teams are going to try and play for a draw here. I think Benevento, no uh, point is very important here. Genoa, two, don't want to overextend themselves. They know they're going to get into a relegation battle if they lose this game. So I think both teams approach it cautiously. Therefore, you're going to see a draw, I think, in this game. All right, so Juliano's time to take the draw. I'm telling you to take the general win. Next game, Bologna and Torino. Another very interesting game here. Uh, Torino uh, and Bologna both coming off huge wins, respectively. Um, how do you see this game, Juliano? For me here, I'm actually leaning towards Torino. I think Torino is one of the most informed teams right now. They have many ways of scoring goals. Bologna, like I've said, they're, they rely on individual brilliance. So uh, their goals really aren't team-style goals, minus the shout-into-battle goal, which we, we witnessed over the weekend. But it still requires battle to have an outstanding game or 
uh, Soriano to play outstanding in the center attack and midfield position. So I think Torino play more of a team style. I think Zaza and Belotti are on great form. Baseldi coming off the bench is in great form. Mandragora has been outstanding. It's incredible defense. block yesterday. Yeah. Vrania, if he plays in net too. So, and Saldi, they just have a lot of players on form. I think Torino carry on from their uh, Roman victory and they take another three points here. Yeah. And inch closer to safety over yeah, Bologna. I, I completely agree with you. I think Torino are going to win this game. If you look at their last five games, they beat Sassuolo 3-2. They lose to Sampdoria 1-0. They tie Juve 2-2. They beat Udinese 1-0. And then they beat Roma 3-1. So they're, they're, they're running a fantastic form now. What a time to hit form. So I think it's going to be a Torino show. Torino for me as well. So we're both trying to take Torino in this game. Now let's move on to the next game. Here's another interesting game for you. Udinese and Cagliari. Both coming off wins. Who's going to be more desperate in this game? I think Cagliari wins this because DePaul, yeah. DePaul, the big guy's gone. Uh, he's a linchpin for Udine. If he's not there, really, every they don't have much going forward. So maybe you'll see them play more of a defensive game. Cagliari might feel maybe a little bit too cavalier now. They scored f- uh, four goals in the last game, so maybe they feel like they can put some in the back of the net. But... Uh, I'm going to lean towards either an Udine win or, or a draw. Yeah, okay. Uh, leaning more towards a draw. I just don't see – I think Cagliari, like I said, could be maybe a little bit cavalier in this game, throw too much at uh, Udine, and Udine catches them on the on the break. But at the same time, Udine is missing their talisman. So draw or Udine victory. I disagree. I think Cagliari needed that massive win. They know what they have to do to stay in the Serie A now. They can, they're so close, they can taste it. And especially if a team like Fiorentina or Benevento lose and Cagliari wins, Cagliari's only going to be two points away from safety. How important is that in this game? And for me, I just think Cagliari knows what's on the line. Cagliari's going to be more desperate. They're going to come all out attack and they're going to scrape by Udinese. So for me, I'm telling you to take Cagliari. Giuliano's telling you to take the Udinese win or the draw. Uh, let's move on to the last game of Wednesday. Crotone and Sampdoria. Does Crotone do something here, Jules? Or is it more of the same? More of the same. Yeah. I mean, they'll be in the game. They'll have some good moments. Play good for 50 minutes in the Sampdoria. And just come and get a goal and snatch victory. That's okay. how it seems every game it goes for Crotone. They just lose it from uh, mental lapses, mistakes. Great players on this team. Great moments, but not enough for full 90 minutes. Yeah. Which yeah. is not City of quality. That's right. So we're both trying to take Sampdoria to win that game. Uh, let's move on to Thursday's games. Two very interesting encounters. Let's start with the first one, 11.30, Thursday morning. Roma hosting Atalanta. Not looking good for Roma. No, not last, looking good. Atalanta averaging more than two goals a game in the last six fixtures. Yeah, haven't lost just, in the last six fixtures. They're flying. It looks they're like it flying. only goes one way for me. Yeah, they're flying. Roma look like they're in shambles. Uh, they just they don't look good. Uh, they're going to be focused 110% on Manchester United on the following week. I think they're just going to limp through the rest of the season, rotate the squad. So Atalanta knows what's on the line. Atalanta can jump into second if Milan drops some points here. So for me, yeah, I'm going to say an Atalanta win here. 
Yeah, this is Atalanta game. Atalanta's game to win. I mean, if Roma get a point off this, great. Yeah, it's a it's a great point. But Atalanta, they just for whatever reason own this fixture right now. Yeah, hundred percent. So we're both trying to take Atalanta. Let's move on to the final game of the match day: Napoli hosting Lazio. Giuliano, what do you think about this game? I think there will be a red card in this game. This is a <laughs> this is a feisty little. Uh, it is. It's an exciting game. Yeah, aggressive matchup. Uh, I'm gonna lean towards Napoli. I think they have the better team. I think for front to back, more options coming off the bench. They should show uh, some confidence after getting that point off of Inter. So I think this is Napoli's game to lose. So expect uh, a great attack and display. I think Kulabali Manolas. They got to build off that great defensive performance they put in, shutting down the best one-two punch in Serie A, and uh, try and shut down. Chiro and Korea. I think they should be able to. If they can shut down Lautaro and Lukaku, they could definitely shut down Chiro and Korea. So it's just a matter of them if Diego Deme, Fabian Ruiz, if they can win that midfield battle against uh, Luis Alberto, Savic, Le- uh, Leva. So that's where the game's going to be won. Napoli's midfield versus Lazio's midfield. Those were the key battles that are going to take place. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I just think it's going to be a uh, a a one-stop show for Napoli. And I think Napoli know how close they are to Champions League football. Lazio on the same same way. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be the Napoli show. So put me in for Napoli as well. Uh, so that's going to be match day 32. That's a very exciting match day coming up in the midweek. Uh, before we go, we're going to talk about two games uh, from Major League Soccer opening weekend. So, first game in the 401 derby, they call it. Uh, Montreal smashed Toronto FC 4 2. Made them look like amateurs. They did. It was, uh, this was the Montreal show. And Wanyema, yeah. uh, former Tottenham Southampton Premier yeah. League player, played good. I mean, yeah, TFC looked like they've never played soccer in their life. Yeah. They I mean, Richie Larea, one great cut in. Uh, to get a goal, uh, but on the other side, I mean, uh, Kitsa, Mihailovic, Kyoto, Toye, Wanayama, Brogiar, they all played fantastic. Alex Bonno looks like he never played a game in his life in between the sticks. The the penalty missed by Auto too. Yeah, that was terrible. Oh my god! And then, terrible. but the goalie came off the line. They got to retake it. This is what I don't understand. Yeah. He misses the penalty, and then someone, Marky Delgado, comes in and steps steps yeah. and takes the penalty after. I think that guy, Auto, should have to retake the penalty. I don't understand 100%. how there's a rule there that allows you to change the penalty shot taker, but 100%. whatever. This, is, this Toronto FC team is a team that's clearly in a rebuild. Yeah, they're and, in, after all the success they've had, it's understandable. Yeah. To, to meet those peaks again, it's going to put on a huge effort. Oh, for, for this, sure. For but this new management team. The one thing I do want to give a shout-out to is our boy, Jaquil Marshall-Rutti, came on and set up Richie Larea for a goal. Huge, huge, huge for him. Uh, this kid is going to be fantastic, and that's a kid to look out for. Uh, so look out for them. So Club de Foot Montreal with a big 4-2 to two victory over Toronto FC. Uh, in other news, the <laughs> Vancouver Whitecaps said they couldn't do it. What? Vancouver. They had no hope. Yeah, I know. And Lucas Cavallini, the man. Canadian International. Canadian International. Getting it done. Getting it done. Well, hey, I was totally wrong. 
Uh, fantastic win for them. Lucas Cavallini played an outstanding game. Gutierrez as well on the left side for Vancouver Whitecaps. Wow. And Rose in the mid, in the middle, in the back. And even Crepo played really good in between the sticks. This Vancouver team, hey, they may have only gotten off three shots on... on and Got to take your luck. Yeah. So, clearly. Um, so, Vancouver, big, big victory for them. Uh, and that basically sums up Major League Soccer for our Canadian clubs. Uh, obviously, CPL is not up and running yet, so once that gets up and running, we'll be talking to you about that. Uh, so that really sums up today's podcast. Uh, we know we t- talked a lot about the European Super League, uh, but we really want to know your thoughts. Like, send some comments on Twitter. Uh, send some comments on Instagram. Send us a message on Facebook. Send us a message on email, tifosifootballradio at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, subscribe to us on your whatever podcast platform that uh, you listen to us on. Uh, like us, rate us, follow us on Instagram, follow us on all our social media. Uh, and uh, thank you, as always, for listening and supporting Tifosi Football Radio. So until next time, enjoy the games. Enjoy the midweek City A games. They're going to be fantastic. Enjoy the news as it all unfolds for the European Super League. And I'm sure we'll be sharing anything else that comes up before we come back on the air for you. So, until next time, everybody, ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah.